Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live from Los Angeles, California. I am your humble host sitting here on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM Channel 85. On top of it, of course, we're on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio network coast to coast, and we are live on Odyssey if you care to listen to us through that app. Stream us wherever you can or wish to. We say hello to our podcast listeners who listen whatever they're doing well please because it's their right <laughs> youtube.com slash rich eyes and show is another way to catch everything that we do here good to see you over there chris brockman how are you over hey, there rich, sir what's cracking, man? dj mikey hey, d rich, mike del happening? tufo uh, tj jefferson what do you have all well, cooked I just up want over to there? say rich that the greatest rapper of all time died on march 9th and uh rest in peace Notorious B.I.G., as, as I do every year at this time. All right. Do you lit the candle? Uh... Lit the candle for Biggie. We've been bumping Biggie music all morning. And, uh, okay. you know, we're going to celebrate today, Rich. D- DJ uh, Mikey D, maybe you want to, um, you know, load some of that up later on. I don't know what, I don't know what that means. But, uh... Instrumentals. Oh, okay. yeah, I don't know. Not safe for work. At any rate, uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Boy, uh, yesterday was a day, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, <laughs> kind of newsworthy. A right? heck of a day um, in the in the sports world, and I don't mean uh, Jackie Moon showing up with the Golden State Warriors, although that was a nice cherry. You, you can't on top. exclude that, though. Rich. That was a great cherry on top. Seeing Will Ferrell warming up Clay right Thompson, underhanded. Um, so um, here's what I'd like everyone to do, uh, and I understand uh, Denver Broncos fans. You have every right to be so very excited, and we're 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 going to get there. <laughs> We're going to get there. But uh, yesterday uh, um, was a day for you that you'll remember for a long time, Denver, that Russell Wilson has arrived. And in a way, you know, um, yes, uh, Peyton Manning did deliver a Super Bowl to you. Um, And yes, Russell Wilson denied... Peyton Manning and you, Denver Broncos fans, a Super Bowl win. That was his ring that he's got in his uh, case right now. And yeah, you know, um, prior to that and after Peyton Manning left, you could sit there and say, uh, boy, we missed out on Russell Wilson because my team took Brock Osweiler instead in the NFL draft that Russell Wilson wound up in Seattle. These are all true stories. But in the end, you've got Russell Wilson there in orange, and that's going to be quite something for you all to see once the season hits. And I think, as we proffered yesterday on this program, won't take you a long time to see it. We think with the Broncos on the Rams' home schedule, Mm -hmm. throwing Russell Wilson out there with the Denver Broncos, his first look in a game that counts in a Denver Broncos uniform, 
against the Los Angeles Rams, who he's faced over and over and over again in his career. Some terrific, legendary battles with the Los Angeles Rams. We think that's that's going to be your your opening night. That's that's a lot, and I think all of our friends watching in their offices at NBC Sports, and we say hello to you. We assume you keep tabs on us. Or <laughs> hold on a minute, my bad. You like watching us on NBC Sports on Peacock. Um, get ready. I think we'll see we'll see the Broncos at the Rams. So there'll be time for that, even on this show, to get deeper into Russell Wilson winding up with the Broncos. But for every elated fan on this side, that side of a trade, an acquisition, there's always somebody on the other end that's uh, not too happy. If you have a Seattle Seahawks fan in your life, I would suggest you call and check on them today. I checked in on uh, last night on a couple of Seahawks fans. I did as well. Because not only did Russell Wilson get traded, not only did the Russell Wilson era come to a shocking conclusion, um, six days after their head coach was talking at the Combine that they had no intention of trading him. No intention. Not only did that just come straight out of the blue, that Russell Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk. Bobby Wagner, it was announced last night, is going to be released as well. And this was the guy taken in the round before Russell Wilson. And this guy means just as much to Seahawks fans as Russell Wilson does, and potentially maybe even more. And I know I'm talking about a quarterback, and I know I'm talking about Russell Wilson, go Hawks, Russell Wilson. But Bobby Wagner, on top of Russell Wilson being traded, is the ultimate kick in the bofus. <laughs> that one, on top of like as if the absorption of Russell Wilson no longer being there. There was a slight, small period of time where fans couldn't say, at least Bobby Wagner is still there. At least Bobby Wagner is still there. Future Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner. And you could even say that Russell Wilson needs to show up and show out in Denver and maybe even win a Super Bowl in order to get into Canton. You could make a case right now Russell Wilson's not in Canton, Ohio just yet, but Bobby Wagner sure is. And that guy, heartbeat, heart and soul, in front of the Legion of Boom, becoming Bobby Wagner, that guy, on top of Russell Wilson being traded, that guy now no longer being part of the Seahawks, that was the unkindest cut of all. Even though, I have to say, it is the kindest cut you can give to a player from a team that they told Bobby Wagner this far in advance of the new league year window opening up for conversation. That was the kindest cut because there are some teams that will just say, we'll wait until a certain amount of time and we don't want to see you showing up somewhere to come beat us and all of that. And so we'll just hold you close to our vest and let all the spots get filled up and let all the salary cap get eaten up. And then you can, hey, we let you out. You know, you're 
But that's not really um, going to help cauterize the wound for Seattle fans because the whole journey of Pete Carroll coming from USC and showing up there and Marshawn Lynch coming from Western New York and Beastquake hitting. That Seattle Seahawk beginning leading to Russell Wilson showing up in the third round of the 2012 draft. The personification of the Pete Carroll always compete mantra. If you show up and you compete, you have a shot to start here and show up here and win championships here. Russell Wilson was that personification, as was Bobby Wagner and Richard Sherman. And the rest of the Legion of Boom, Earl Thomas was a first-round selection that few saw coming. Everybody thought that was going to be Taylor Mays out of USC because Pete was going to bring his guy in. Instead, he went with the Longhorn Earl Thomas. Like, oh, okay, we see you, Pete. That team building together and winning a Super Bowl over Peyton Manning's Broncos in New York City. The 12 showed up en masse in New York City. Building a championship team together that wound up in the Super Bowl the next year with a chance to win with seconds to go in a Super Bowl in Arizona where the Super Bowl is next year. And we all know what happened with Malcolm Butler and how that was a potential dynastic moment that the Seahawks could just never somehow capture again, even with Russell Wilson still doing Russell Wilson things, even with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks having year in, year out terrific performances. There was a long streak in which Seattle not only made the playoffs, but won a game in those playoffs. That's how good this team was. Even if they didn't get the bye week, they wound up in the division round. That's how dynastic of a run this team could have had if they had somehow made it back to the Super Bowl and won it again. And now it's all done because Bobby Wagner was the last member of a Super Bowl appearing team on the Seattle Seahawks roster. Boom, boom. The Legion of Boom. Era. Done. Russ is a Bronco, and Bobby Wagner is who knows where. Oh, my God. Would I, if I was a general manager of a team, get him on the phone right now? Boom, boom. Done. So, pour one out, if you wish. But definitely call your friends who is a Seattle Seahawks fan and just say, how you doing? Because yesterday was a very... Very difficult day for them. How are you going to remember the Seahawks era? I will remember the Seahawks era, like I just said, as a remarkable run where a team that had no identity, they had no identity. They had Pete Carroll was their identity and a dynamic running back who didn't do as much out of Cal in Western New York with baggage coming to Seattle didn't really speak to the media very much. Who was Marshawn Lynch? But they ran the ball, and they hit you in the mouth, and then they got some dynamic young quarterback who helped bring it all together. 
and create one of the most daunting home field advantages in the National Football League for a very long time where you knew going into the season this team had a chance to not only win their division but go on a special run every year. And then things began to change, and that's the question that I don't know if we're going to get the answer to. Tom Pelissero helped break this story for my network and my colleagues at NFL Media Group yesterday is going to join us. The the story of the trade of Russell Wilson going They're to kind Denver. Of one of the big like what if dynasties. Here, well, the what if ultimately is the what if they had handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch instead of throwing it on the goal line in that Super Bowl. There's a lot of what ifs on that, but the 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 what and the how and the why that I want answered, and I don't know if I'm going to get the answer to, is why does a team who has a homegrown quarterback, drafted, nurtured, blossomed into an NFL superstar with a dynamite, Reputation in the community, a Walter Payton man of the year, a dream come true, a man who, after getting traded, tweets out, Seattle, I love you forever, grateful, number three. Go Hawks everywhere. Every single time. Ended his Hawks. his press conferences and his post-game appearances on live TV with Go Hawks. Why did this guy wind up getting traded? Why didn't it work out? And I know I'm taking it the way I've just phrased it from the point of view as that maybe being on the team. Why did Russell Wilson no longer want to be there either? Takes two to tango. What happened? First time we ever heard, Chris... TJ and Mike, of anything rumbling beneath the surface in Seattle was at the draft in Dallas when Baker Mayfield got picked first overall. And then it was Sam Darnold. And then it was Josh Allen. And we all know Josh Rosen popped in there with Lamar Jackson completing the five first-round drafted quarterbacks in that draft. We heard leading up to that draft, Seattle might be in the business for quarterback. And we were like, huh? Yeah. Because you, you know, I don't want to say who or Come what, again? but we heard it multiple times just, yeah. just being out around. and about. Yep. We're like, say what? What, what? Say what? what? One more time. Again, this is 2018. 18. There was even what a little ha- bit in 17 at the What's Philly draft. up too. with that? Like, yeah. really? Well, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this year's draft. The 2017 draft. It was not nearly as much of a drumbeat as it was in 2018. And it's kind of like, what's up with that? In every year, you would hear that there were gears grinding, and they would never talk about it in person. They would never really talk about it behind the scenes either. If you ever spoke to anybody close to the situation, nobody would ever just go, you know what? This guy's out of his mind, or that guy's out of his mind, and these guys cannot get together anymore. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Remember that whole conversation over the last two, three years? Let Russ cook. We had Pete Carroll on last summer, and he's just like, well, this whole let Russ cook thing. 
that makes it seem like Pete Carroll isn't going to be into the idea of Russell Wilson being unleashed. And that's the conversation. Pete wants to run the ball and defend the ball. Not the way this guy plays. And Russ is like, I'm not being protected. That's on you. Then all of a sudden the teams come out that he'd be willing to be traded to. And he doesn't get traded. Bears go all YOLO. Remember that? That they went to Trey Lance's pro day where John Schneider was there and the conversation was he's they're just going to go for it here and they try to make some sort of summit happen and it didn't work out. And then they go through last year together. Doesn't work out again. Falls apart. We get the sense in the end of the season last year that it's not going to last much longer. Why? What happened? Guy's not 38. Guy's not 40. Still a young man. A lot of great years left. Who gives up on that guy? Why does that guy give up on that team? What happened? And whatever did happen there, will it resurface in Denver? What will Seattle do now? What are they going to do? Drew Locke? Is that what they're going to do? Are they hoping deep down, deep down, that Deshaun Watson does not wind up with any significant charges? Does he wind up getting through all this and going there? Is that a plan? What's their plan? Can't be, is it Kenny Pickett? They got the eighth overall pick. By that point, I'll tell you what, they can have whatever quarterback they want in this year's draft. You know, ninth overall pick in the draft. They can get whoever they want right there, ninth pick. No one's one's taking a quarterback before them unless they trade up because they think that the Seahawks are going to take someone. I don't think it's going to be that guy. I think they're just going to get a pass rusher for for Pete's defense. Or they're going to get Sauce. Panthers might take a quarterback. I don't know. Dude, Panthers take a quarterback. That would just be... I think they're going to get a pass protector, but not to get too deep into the draft Nick conversation right here. Yeah. What are they going to do with this quarterback spot? Russ is gone. What's the plan? Why now? What happened? Will there be a 30 for 30 on it? Will the story come out? Because I'll tell you what, you talk to anybody who's close to the situation right now, pretty much, and they're not saying the answer is like, good luck, Russ. Also, was it two weeks ago that we noticed he t- removed all the Seahawks stuff from we, Twitter? We talked about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, his 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 uh, geotag on Twitter was global yeah. and professional athlete. Yeah, these things don't just come out of nowhere either, which is what we'll talk about with Rick Spielman, former Vikings general manager in hour number two. Tom Pelissero broke the story. We're going to get to him coming up next. An overreaction Wednesday because so much happened on Tuesday. It feels like an actual football weekend. We'll get to that. Uh, Hour number three on this program, Amit is going to join us. Yeah, He's got a new uh, NFT deal that he wants to talk about, along with Dick Butkus and Jerry Rice involving uh, his old Sports Illustrated cover of him hanging out in a pool. And Bomani Jones, he's going to start his new late-night Chat show on HBO. He's going to join us in hour number three. And you at 844-204-RICH. We'll have time to take your phone calls. 
Let's uh, take a break. When we come back, Tom Pelissero will get him on the horn and say what now, why now, and what happened. Best we can tell. Can't wait to delve into that topic. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Before we go, want to tell you about Callaway Odyssey. Why do golfers usually play a blade putter? Is it the way it looks? Is it the way it feels? Maybe they see the pros on TV playing one think Maybe, hey, uh, I could be like that. Truth is, you sacrifice a lot of forgiveness to play a blade. Until, however, the new Try Hot 5K from Odyssey has come along, and they built a blade unlike any other. It's been engineered using multi-material construction to dramatically increase forgiveness, something called MOI. And at 5,000 MOI, that's where the 5K comes in, in the Try Hot 5K. It's the kind of forgiveness you'd expect from a mallet, now delivered in a blade. The Try Hot 5K comes in classic blade shapes as well as more oversized models like the double wide and triple wide, like a trailer. And each one comes in with the legendary white hot insert. Yep, the most popular insert ever is back with its original feel, sound, and performance. With the Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K, the days of sacrificing performance to play a blade are over because it's truly a blade unlike any other. See the Tri-Hot 5K lineup at odysseygolf.com. Tom Pelissero joining us next. Why now? Russ to Denver. Coming up next. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We're taking phone calls throughout the day. Tom Pelissero, what a heck of a day he and my colleague Ian Rappaport had on behalf of all of us at NFL Network, NFL Media Group. He's the one who tweeted this. I saw his tweet during the commercial break. I, know, you're like, whoa. I said out loud, I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then you looked and you saw and was just, uh, yeah, reporting I that uh, the Broncos had tr- uh, acquired Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. Tom Pelissero back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing well, Rich. How are you? I'm doing all right. So let's j- dive right into it. Uh, the origin of this. How did it start? What do you got? Really, these 
conversations between the Seahawks and Broncos had been going on for weeks, and it heated up last week at the scouting combine when uh, George Payton and John Schneider met face-to-face and really began to talk about uh, the compensation. You know, it was really about the Seahawks. For everything they had said publicly that they had no plans to trade Russell, that really meant behind the scenes they were only going to trade him if it was a transformational type of deal. They were absolutely prepared to move forward with Russell Wilson as their quarterback in 2022. They did not get that, but the Broncos stepped up. And when you look at the compensation, two number ones, including the number nine overall pick, two second rounders and three players, including a quarterback who's still young, uh, that the Seahawks liked coming out in the draft, a tight end in Noah Fant, who's pretty good. And a guy in Shelby Harris, who's a, you know, got a reasonable deal and is a pretty good veteran uh, defensive player, it made sense, and it also sets up Seattle now to have, um, you know, the the collateral here to go and make potentially another move to go get their next quarterback. So, uh, what about the idea that the Washington Commanders were going YOLO and might still be all over the league right now for somebody like Russell Wilson's caliber and made a better deal or or offered a a I guess a richer deal? Maybe they don't have the players to come back. What do, what can you tell me about? The idea of maybe uh, Denver being in the AFC, Russell wanted them. What about that? Anything on that front? It, it had a lot to do with where Russell Wilson wanted to go. He had a no-trade clause. And there's a re- unique relationship between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks where, you know, throughout the course of this offseason, he and Pete Carroll had had a lot of conversations. They, they were very open. And Russell would talk about different places he might like to go play. It's unusual, to say the least, that you have that type of relationship. But you know, on the short list of teams that he wanted to go to was Denver. And so my understanding was, uh, over especially in, in the last few days here, as this became very real, Russell was very excited about the idea of going to the Broncos, uh, being able to play with some really good uh, young talent, and really being able to get kind of a reboot uh, on his career here. So once the compensation matched up, it moved pretty swiftly, you know, regardless of what any other team might have offered, Russell Wilson needed to be all in on going to that place. And Denver checked a lot of the boxes that he was looking for. So why, why does this have to happen? What happened here? What happened to this relationship? Tom? You know, I think that it's sometimes people can reduce things to only one factor. I think that all of us who live here on planet earth know that interpersonal relationships are inherently complicated and that was certainly the case with Russell Wilson. There had been so much transition when you talk about, you know, the fact that I believe Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner were the only two players left from the Super Bowl winning team. That's the nature of the NFL. Uh, things had evolved. Russell Wilson still did have uh, a supporting cast there. I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks out there who would go, you know, gosh, if this guy doesn't want to play with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Chris Carson when he's healthy and, you know, all those types of things, you know, I'd, I'd go in there. I'd play with those guys. But for us, it was more complicated than that. He's always envisioned himself as somebody who uh, is one of the greats and wants to be a Hall of Famer, and he wants to win Super Bowls, and he wants to win the MVP, and he's never even gotten an MVP vote. And you see how many different things the Seahawks did over the course of time to try to give Russell what he wanted, whether it was you know making deals, and Wilson would regularly talk to the front office, every star player who became available, he wanted to bring those guys in. Uh, he had one of the most aggressive GMs in John Schneider, who was always trying to add uh, those missing pieces uh, to the roster. 
but it's also a matter of, you know, they were played a, they were going to be a defense first, run first type of team for a long time under Pete Carroll. He got up to that hot start in 2020 where they were throwing the ball a lot more. Then he went through a tough Defense has changed a little bit how they were playing the Seahawks. Pete wanted to get back to running, so they weren't turning the ball over so much. And those MVP hopes and all that talk kind of went away. And that's not to say that he's got an agreement now that Nathaniel Hackett's going to have him throw the ball 60 times a game. I don't think that's going to be it at all. But it's an opportunity right now for him to go to the next thing. And for the Seahawks, there has to be some level of fatigue knowing that you went through all this last offseason, all the speculation and all the questions, and now this offseason, the same thing was happening. You know this would never end. It would continue into the future. And so once you get the type of package that uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll thought would help the team, not just now but in the big picture, it made a lot of sense for them to say this is the right time to reboot, even though you've got a 70-year-old coach in Pete Carroll who has no interest in rebuilding again they've got a lot more assets now and i expect that they're going to be aggressive to add pieces to their team and try to win in 2022 i'm going to be blunt tom pelicero since you were saying like here on planet earth interpersonal relationships are difficult it sure sounds if i read between the tea leaves that both sides were sick of each other after all this time what would you say to that you know again i'd I'd say pete and russ talked a lot in this offseason. It wasn't as if this was some, you know, cold shoulder thing where they weren't on speaking terms anymore. They were angry at each other. It just was, you know, I mean, it, it would be unusual, but if, you know, eventually if, you know, you're, you seem to have a good relationship with your wife and you've been together for 10 years and then, you know, every, uh, every January, February, she starts talking about, Hey, what if I was married to that guy? At some point you might go, you know what? Maybe you should be married to that guy. I mean, there's, I think that there's just some of that where it's just, that relationship over time, it didn't necessarily fray. It's not like these two didn't like each other. Go back to the, the meaningless Week 18 game that I believe they won, and those two are jumping around together, high-fiving. Like They're both highly competitive individuals, but it, it was time. It was time on a lot of different fronts, and you know, once it made sense uh, for the Seahawks to do the deal, they weren't just going to give them away. Russ wasn't going to you know, necessarily force his way out. It just everything lined up, and once that became the case, um, it became a no-brainer for everyone involved to move forward. Because if you have you know, a 33-year-old who's going to be 34 right after Thanksgiving, right, and this is the guy who's been with your team, you, you drafted him, you nurtured him, you gave him the opportunity, boy, did he make the most of it. Did he ever make the most of it? Um, And he's so terrific in the community, which loves him. He loves them. He's a Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner because of it. You don't let those guys out of the building, right? You grow old with them. You, You try again with them. You reload with them. That's the whole idea. And the fact that this hasn't happened here, based on the way that their relationship started, it's kind of stunning. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, like I, I, I was there in New York when they won it. I was there in Arizona when they lost it. I was there when they drafted him. Russell Wilson was one of the first guests of uh, the Rich Eisen Show uh, season opening podcast in 2012. They, everyone was head over heels with each other, and it's kind of stunning that that's the result. I'll be well, honest. I think of it this way too: if you're processing this from the Seahawks standpoint, just from a you know completely dispassionate, uh, emotionless roster building standpoint, you also have a quarterback who's now into his 30s, which of course we've seen quarterbacks play a lot longer than that. But you know they don't necessarily rely on their mobility as as much of a factor as Russell Wilson. You know he goes in the third round because people thought this guy's not going to be able to see. He's five foot eleven. 
you're going to have to design a unique offense. And the Seahawks did an unbelievable job of that uh, over the course of the decade, being able to you know, play a certain way that fit Russ's strengths, and he's a phenomenal playmaker. And that's not to say that he's not going to go to Denver and do the same type of things. But if you are strictly evaluating a 30-something-year-old player and you look at the last, let's call it, 20 games that Russell Wilson has played, it hasn't been as good. At the end of the 2020 season, the second half of that, when the turnovers came and um, you know they got away from throwing the ball as much as they had early in the season and there were some you know, creative defensive minds out there, guys like Brandon Staley with the Rams, who really played them different, you know, kind of left certain areas of the field open and took away the deep ball and forced Russ to be a precision passer short to intermediate, which is not really his game. He's very much a, he's always played in a vertical strike type of an offense. That seemed to have an effect. We saw that in the games against the Rams. We saw it when another, um, you know, really good defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, came in with a plan. Uh, for the Giants in a game where the Seahawks didn't play particularly well. And then, of course, you have a couple of injuries thrown in there. That was obviously a factor. The finger was a factor. But the point being, if Russell Wilson came out and played the way he has over the last 20 or so games again in 2022, now what is the value to the rest of the league? In other words, if you have a year and a half of, okay, well, it was injuries, it was a coordinator change, it was other injuries on the team, whatever, you can kind of explain that to yourself. If it becomes just two and a half years of not – high you know the highest level of russell wilson that we've seen that's going to impact what you can get for him in a trade so you you figure this is the maximum value we probably can get two ones two twos three players i mean that's that's a lot and not to mention the fact that even if those players don't work out they walk in free agency you get comp picks coming back it it, it made sense for what the what the Seahawks were trying to accomplish here. Tom Pelissero NFL Media Group here on the Rich Eisen show what is Seattle's plan at quarterback now? Short, long term. Is it just start Drew Locke, or do they look in the draft? Do they, um, what, hope Deshaun Watson clears everything? What, what do you got for me on that front? I would I would say right now all options are on the table for the Seahawks. They did like Drew Locke coming out in the draft. I know that for a fact several years ago. Obviously, it's been inconsistent, which was kind of the knock on him at Missouri, too. But big arms, super athletic, tall guy, all that stuff. Had some unfortunate injuries, but... You know, there might be something there, and they'd like to see what it is. Uh, the draft is certainly an option. I don't know that it's going to make sense to take somebody at number nine, but you have the flexibility uh, with those additional picks now to move around uh, in the draft. And I would expect that they're going to be in on the trade market. You know, the Deshaun Watson situation, and he continues to face serious allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, this is coming to a head, legally speaking, over the next several days, because on Friday, the district attorney in Harris County, Texas, is going to present her case to the grand jury. Grand juries in Texas can move pretty quickly, so you could potentially have an answer even on Friday, uh, but if not that, then by next week in terms of whether there's going to be any criminal charges against him. His civil deposition also scheduled for Friday. Uh, his attorney, Rusty Harden, whose name I'm sure you've heard a lot through the years, uh, is advising him to uh, invoke the Fifth Amendment just because you don't want somebody testifying in a civil case while you have an active criminal case. But once the criminal case and you have clarity on that, that can trigger a lot in terms of the civil cases getting resolved, and then it'll be in the hands of the NFL. Um, there's not enough quarterbacks. We all know that. We also know the seriousness of the allegations involving Deshaun Watson. I would fairly say that considering the fact there were multiple teams last year both before training camp, in training camp, and again at the trade deadline, who were willing to offer three first-round picks and more for Russell, for Deshaun Watson. 
you're going to find a market again, and the Texans will be able to get substantial value for them. So whether that's Seattle, whether that's Carolina, whether that's someplace else, I do anticipate you're going to see Deshaun Watson be traded um, this time around. That's going to be a key name in this entire picture for the NFL. Well, Seattle certainly has more draft capital now than they did at this point yesterday. So um, they're in a better position for that, but, you know, they might... If, the, if this doesn't get cleared before the draft, they'll have to use that draft capital. I mean, the clock is clearly ticking on on so many fronts on that. Um, Tom Pellisauer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Before I let you go, Denver must be over the moon. They must be, everybody you speak to from the Broncos must be out of their minds over the moon right now. Certainly because you could make the case the AFC West is the deepest quarterback pool in the NFL. Best division at that position um, and they've now got somebody who can go toe-to-toe with everybody in that spot, right? It, it was the priority of the entire offseason. They feel like they've got a foundation. They've got good receivers, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. They've got a young stud running back in Javante Williams. Um, they've made a lot of progress in terms of solidifying the offensive line. Pat Sertan looks like a, a young star on defense. They probably need to add another pass rusher. I'd expect that they try to address that in free agency. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb can stay healthy. He's still a, a really, really talented player. They got a lot of pieces, but they, they needed the quarterback. And so absolutely, um, they expect they're going to be able to compete right now. They were going to swing big. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, those were the two priorities. I got the sense in recent weeks that Russell Wilson may actually have been plan A just because of, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, you don't know how long is he actually going to play. Are you going to do the retirement dance every year if you bring him in? With Russell, you're hoping um, that he's going to back, he's going to be healthy, he's going to be the Russell Wilson we've seen in the past, and you may have your quarterback for the next five to ten years. So absolutely a huge day for the Broncos. And let me also, Rich, really quickly clarify something, because I heard the caller before I came on asking about why you couldn't wait a day for Bobby Wagner. What I am told on that with the Seahawks releasing him was this was going to happen. It was going to happen probably toward the end of this week, but after the Russell Wilson trade, Bobby Wagner actually contacted the Seahawks to ask, you know, what's happening here. The Seahawks felt that it was uh, appropriate for them to, to grant him his release so he can uh, immediately have a chance to sign up. How about that? Do you think Bobby Wagner goes to Denver? What about Vaughn? I don't know. It's early on Bobby Wagner. Let, let's start there. I would expect that he's going to, to have a market. Um, oh, yeah. Vaughn Miller is unbelievable as it seems and seemed when he was traded away. I do believe that that will be a consideration, the possibility he heads back to Denver. And listen, that's this is the type of thing that Russell Wilson has always wanted. He's always wanted to be the, the LeBron James of the NBA, the Tom Brady, bring guys in, everybody go and play on the super team. They got a lot of good players in Denver, but to the extent that Russell Wilson can, I would expect him to be a very active recruiter, as he was for years in Seattle, and it'll be fascinating to see you know, just exactly how everything else flows from a roster building standpoint as they get ready for the 2022 season. Tom, great stuff. Great job. Um, let's talk uh, early next week in the middle of the frenzy, as we call it on the network. So thanks for the call. Sounds great, Rich. Thanks. You got it. Tom Pelissero. Follow him on Twitter. I do. That's how I found yeah. out about the Russell Wilson trade. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Bobby Wagner. So uh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> So and, Russ and is on Denver. What's up? <laughs> yeah. What's up? Um, Am I next? If we're if if you're if if you're if you're uh, if you're done, uh, maybe uh, maybe I can be too. Yeah. 
out. He's going to look so good with the Pats next year. Dude. Ah. <laughs> I thought f- br- immediately, how would he look in green for the Jets? I want him. Yeah. You want him. Yeah. Everybody should name want him. him. Name, name the team. I, I want him. All 32. I have people on my mentions being like, oh, he's old and slow. <laughs> First what? off, he's Come 31. Dude. He had 170 tackles last dude, year. Dude. Let's take a break. We'll talk more Bobby Wagner. Because as you know, I love talking Bobby Wagner. Yeah. I love talking to Bobby Wagner. I love talking about Bobby Wagner. You want to text him and just say, yeah. are you um, good? You know what? I, I, <laughs> are you good? No, I, I say, you good? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. 844-204-REACH. Number to dial. Set up uh, talking to Rick Spielman, former GM of the Vikings, about all of this. 844-204-REACH. Number to dial here on the program. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Uh, you know what's an interesting aspect of yesterday's show? What's that? You know what? You know what? Uh, yesterday had a, a through line in a way. Um, it's odd. Utah State. Utah State. Two highly drafted individuals in the NFL from Utah State had their days affected by quarterback decisions. What do I mean? Jordan Love. How was his day yesterday? Man, oh, this wow. poor way, We forget man. about it. How about the fact that we finally got an answer on Aaron Rodgers' long-term future with the Packers, and that conversation lasted 90 minutes? And we could see the timestamps in Jerry Judy's Twitter handle yeah. of exactly how long it went. The it being Jerry Judy disappointed at 9.16 a.m. <laughs> Pacific time. Like, Again, this is our time zones, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, 9.16 a.m. Pacific time. Depends on where Jerry's at. Jerry Judy, uh, 10.48 a.m. So I guess Mountain, maybe. He's Pacific. An hour and 40 minutes. That's how long long it went from, oh, we're not getting Aaron Rodgers to, oh, we're getting Russell Wilson. I thought today today was going to be a frown day, but my frown has been turned upside down. It's like the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, but reverse. And Jordan Love just went from... 2022, while Packers traded up to get me, this is kind of a weird situation, certainly since we share an agent, Aaron Rodgers and I, but every single time we've spoken to anybody from Green Bay, they were like, Aaron and Jordan Love are cool. Aaron Jones told us that. A.J. Dillon told us that. Everybody told us that. They're cool. What's kind of not cool right now, what is cool, totally cool, like frozen solid, Mm -hmm. is... Jordan Love's future in Green Bay. Man. Adios. See you later. That tundra is frozen and locked. Over. Done. Finished. 
he'll maybe he'll be on the move next week. Maybe at this point next week, we're talking about Jordan Love as a new fill in the blank. How wild would it be if he winds up in Seattle? <laughs> where it's all brought full circle, where he winds up in Seattle. Seattle flips any sort of, like, what do you think? They take a three for him right now, a four for him right now, Jordan Love. They take some, they, uh, honestly. And if you're Seattle, you're probably sitting there yeah. thinking, who do you want, Drew Locke or Jordan Love? I could coach up Jordan Love, although we've seen more from Drew Locke. They'd probably ask for a two and settle for a three. I don't know. But certainly what they're not going to get is what, what they spent on him no, in the draft. Definitely not. And certainly Seattle got a hell of a lot more years later for Russell Wilson than what they spent to go get him a third-round draft choice. But Jordan Love's future is now way up in the air because Aaron Rodgers is staying, And because Russell Wilson is traded in a way that you just heard from Tom Pelissero, it sounded like they're just like, we, we just need a break. You know, and a, not just like a, a Ross friends break, like for good. Like it's over. We're yeah. done. We had a good run. Not it's like over. we thought we were on yeah. a break. I thought we were on a break is from the friends. It's kind of like maybe with Von Miller. I thought we were on a break. <laughs> right. I went to Rams. I just won a Super Bowl. I'm back. <laughs> right, I'm back. <laughs> hey, what I miss? Yeah, what are, why are you so upset with me? Yeah, I just went to go to the Rams to get a Super Bowl. I <laughs> thought we were on. We were on. You said we're on a break. We're on a break. And it looks like he might actually come back. <laughs> that would be amazing. To, totally would. But, you know, the other Utah State guy that's kind of gotten affected by the decision to make a move at quarterback, whether it was Russ forcing it or it sounded like Russ wanted out, Bobby Wagner, Utah State. Uh Bobby Wagner is now a free agent. Talk about somebody having me at hello. You love Bobby Wagner. Oh! I love everything about him. I love the neck up. I love the neck down. I love the way he throttles your neck. I love the way he goes from sideline to sideline. I love everything about Bobby Wagner. And I will tell you this. Ask any Seahawk fan who their favorite Seahawk of this entire run is, was. You might. You're probably going to get Marshawn Lynch, number one. You know who's number two? This guy. And not Earl Thomas, who's flipping birds at his coach as he's getting carted <laughs> off. And it's not it's not Richard Sherman, even though, you know, you mad bro was great. It was all great. Incredible great. What a run. You mad bro. And it's not Russell Wilson, Go Hawks. It's this guy, Bobby Wagner, because of who he is and the essence and how he plays and how he just commands everything and how he affects everything and how he runs everything and how he handles his business. It is infectious for fans, and I can only imagine what it's like in a locker room. Oh, my God, am I, do I want him on my team? Question is, is your team ready to win a Super Bowl? Because if I'm Bobby Wagner, that's what I'm thinking about. Because I now have a new lease, and I'm in charge of my own career and I don't know if he's if he's doing his own deal. Is he making his own calls? Got to think so. If so, if I'm a general manager, I am getting his cell phone number. Hey John. Hey Schneider. Hey Schneids. Can you uh, send me his uh, cell phone number? What do you got? Because I'm calling him and I'm saying, please come here. Because he would affect the rookies. He'd affect the young kids. He would change the culture, and he will play football downhill, sideline to sideline. Don't at me that he's slower That's than before. Get out, get out of here with that noise. 
Get out. Boy, you think the Cowboys would take him? Oh, how would he look as a Patriot? Oh, oh stop. And I just know, God, my Jets aren't ready for him. I don't know if they're ready for him. Hey, here's my pitch to Bobby. Ronnie Lott showed up late in his career. I don't want to talk about how that worked out. Same with Favre. I don't know, man. Not a great sell. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know where he might wind up? Rams. (laughs) Well, someone was pointing out on Twitter they don't really need inside help. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm okay. just saying, scheme wise, just, you know. You know, we know. would have took Bobby, but. Uh, okay. You know, no, he's outside. He's not a scheme fit. Got it. Out. Just oh, out. my gosh. I don't know. He's an inside guy. All right. You know who could figure that all out? I mean, those I, folks up the road. Yeah. The guy with the great hair. I oh, come on. <laughs> Bobby Wagner is free. All in. Free Bobby Wagner. Free Murph and Bobby mm. Wagner.